Welcome to the Harrisburg Brethren in Christ Church podcast. My name is Ryan Cagno. The HPIC podcast brings you weekly episodes on the topic of discipleship, where we'll sit down with members of the HPIC family to hear their stories, hear about the different ways people at HPIC are pursuing discipleship, in other words, how they are learning to follow Jesus' example and obey his teachings in their daily lives in practical ways. This week, I sat down with Sheldon and Marietta Sawatsky to hear about uh, their life together and specifically about their history of doing um, missions work and church planning and other things in Taiwan, um, how they both uh, went there, met there, fell in love there, built their life and family there, and just invested in the Taiwanese people over the course of their life. Uh, really fascinating and challenging and inspiring story, so I uh, hope you enjoy Sheldon and Marietta Sawatsky, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. I wanted to just hear your life story today. I know some of it, and I think it's a good one, and not that there are bad ones, but uh, <laughs> one of particular uh, interest and note. Um, all right, so let's, I don't know, it's it's intimidating to try and just dig into a life story. Um so wherever you guys want to start it, I know you are both pastors' children, right? right? Grew up in Kansas and Pennsylvania. Yeah, I was a pastor's kid and um, preacher's kid, I guess they say, PK. And uh, um, my parents dedicated me for Christian service, as they called it. And uh, so that was sort of embedded within me hmm. and uh, uh, sort of guided my uh, journey towards that end. And um, we would have missionaries come to our church and uh, give presentations, uh, show slides, as they did in those days. Uh, and I remember one of them was a missionary in China. And she came and shared. And... Uh, my uncle, my father's brother, was a missionary in India for many years. So I had those influences. He would write letters describing what he was doing in India. and uh, So I would read those. And I was all, always interested in um, geography in other countries. And so I would listen to the shortwave radio and collect these cards from the radio stations and that kind of thing. But I was still, you know, stuck in Kansas. I'd never seen the ocean. The only mountains I saw was if we would go to Colorado and that kind of thing. So uh, after, when I graduated from college, uh, it was during the Vietnam War in 1965. And I had registered as a conscientious objector and uh, so I was drafted and uh, was uh, given the military physical in Kansas City, and I failed. <laughs> uh, 4F, because I was underweight. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> that was the only problem. But that was okay, because I had already applied to the what was then called the Board of Christian Service. Mm -hmm. uh, I applied for service, and I'd, I'd stayed on the form, Asia. 
That narrows it down. <laughs> Anywhere in Asia. <laughs> Russia. Vietnam. <laughs> Japan, wherever. And uh, there was an opening in Taiwan at that time. And so I accepted that and uh, took off for Taiwan in 1965. And um, was there... Basically, the rest of, of life career. until retirement. You want to tell your? Uh, well, I'll just make mine short. Um, yeah, basically, our our home environment was basically the same. Uh, parents also very interested in in missions, and uh, I also was the firstborn, dedicated to the Lord, and. Um, so I had the I had the unique opportunity of working in a mission office while I was going to Philadelphia College of Bible, worked with North Africa Mission, and after I graduated, why they asked if I would want to go to Tangier, Morocco for a year to help in the in the treasurer's office, and it was like, you know, well, how can you miss out on that? So anyway, I did that and then uh, returned to get a uh, elementary ed certificate, thinking, well, I guess the next thing is teaching uh, missionary kids. Anyway, but then we went to a small island, and Pennsylvania and Kansas could meet and uh, on a small island, and so... You went all the, the way rest, to Taiwan to meet is, each other? Yes, right. that's right, exactly. So... Uh, at least we knew we were headed the same direction in the same place and uh, didn't have to work out all those uh, questions. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, what they called voluntary, <coughs> excuse me, voluntary service. So the first year we received $15 a month and uh, food and lodging. And my job was to work at the hospital the Mennonite Christian Hospital in Hualien on the east coast of Taiwan. And I was a coordinator for the mobile clinic unit that went to the mountain villages, the aboriginal villages with medical clinics. And uh, part of that responsibility was driving the ambulance, which uh, I did. And uh, the ambulance was also used to carry people home, to die or to take the body home. Because people in Taiwan really want, if, if they're dying, they want to be at home. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was, it was quite an experience. I had never experienced or seen the poverty like that in, in the mountain villages and uh, the spiritual need <clears throat> of the people. I did a uh, Mandarin study for six months in preparation for the assignment. I lived with a Taiwanese uh, uh, friend, or we became friends, uh, in a one, one room in a, in a Buddhist home. And so I learned a lot of culture mm -hmm. and religious uh, practices and so forth. Um, and then um, the... Uh, Got the... Three-year assignment. Got the Taiwan trots. You Got wrote the Taiwan your, trots. You wrote in your book. <laughs> right. 
Everybody gets those, it seems. <laughs> Taiwan tummy, yeah. Taiwan tummy, Taiwan, Taiwan trots, tummy. Yeah. <laughs> Immersion in the culture. I'm, I'm just fascinated, not fascinated, staggered by the image of uh, this kid who grew up in Kansas and had never seen the ocean. Fast forward a year or two, and you're driving an ambulance up through the mountains and off the road and in the mud <laughs> and back down the mountain. And... Yeah, just thrown into such a different experience mm-hmm. than what you grew up in. So anyway, that was the beginning of a love affair with uh, Taiwan. Yeah. And uh, that's where Marietta and I met. She was teaching missionary kids, mostly doctors' children, foreign doctors' children, and... Uh, and you were both from like a Mennonite background, right? Right. Sep- obviously separate states, but right. Mennonite background. Both there, both doing voluntary service, right? Among a relatively small pool right. of Mennonite transplants or American transplants. Right. Um, we both had the same Mennonite background, same yeah. conference. Uh, yeah. Which is no small thing. There's a lot of there's a lot of those, aren't there? A lot of different flavors of Mennonite. So the fact it just seems well, I know you don't think it's coincidental, obviously right. it was providential, but right. And in Taiwan there was only the one Mennonite church. Whereas oh, okay. in other countries there were different flavors of Mennonites. Gotcha. Like in Japan. Gotcha. Yeah. gotcha. So anyway, I was also uh, in charge of doing maintenance projects at the hospital, like cleaning suction machines and working in the warehouse and... uh, MCC shipments? uh, We received MCC shipments of canned goods and medical supplies, and I was was the MCC representative to get those things through customs and that kind of thing. Christmas bundles. And uh, even the little missionary school called me to change the light bulb, and that's when the lights went on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's when you you saw her standing there, and that was it. Uh, he likes that joke. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was good. Yeah, well, everyone's here to hear about the love story, so how exactly did that play out? I mean, I know that, as usual, uh, in these types of stories, Marietta knew way before you did, Sheldon, <laughs> yeah. and just waited. Like, maybe you should tell this portion, Marietta. She, she dated me three years, and I dated her, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite true. Uh, he wasn't there for most of the first year, actually. So, Yeah, <laughs> yeah so we... Uh, the mission group in that city was was a small group, different missions, not only the Mennonites. So we would, they would have weekly prayer meetings. And um, I would take some of my meals at her house. And <clears throat> it was arranged that he was well cared for. So he had breakfast with one missionary family and he had lunch with us and we had a helper who did a meal. Uh, I was living with a secretary uh, who was at the hospital. And in the evening, he he had the evening meal with the nurses. So it was just his rotation. Mm-hmm. 
but it also gave us a chance to see each other in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, like on different occasions, at least two occasions, uh, you know, a senior uh, a missionary, one of our seniors, would buy us tickets to a concert sitting together. So that helped as well. They saw that coming, in, in, you know, our senior missionaries. <laughs> but so we lived a in a romantic spot right on the ocean, in the mountains in the background. And so uh, we both had uh, Honda 50cc motor scooters. And so we would take motor scooter rides out in the countryside on a Sunday afternoon or whatever. And uh, so anyway, that's how things developed. And there, were, there was a group of about six singles there, uh, six, maybe even more, six to eight, and uh, single nurses. And so we were just getting together all the time for yeah. fellowship activities. Yeah. So it was dating within a larger group there. Yeah. So there you go. If you're listening and you've been <laughs> striking out on all the dating apps, there. consider Taiwan right. as a possible exactly. uh, avenue for meeting somebody. Um, so you guys meet, and within a couple of years, you marry. Did you find at that point, and have you found over the course of time, that your sense, your personal senses of mission and purpose have have aligned well with one another and maybe kind of carry that into what you guys did then as a married couple? Yeah. Um, we both have had the same sense of calling uh, for mission, and um, she wouldn't have married me if I didn't. <laughs> so... Uh, it was the day and age when if you felt called to the mission field and you didn't have a partner who was wanted to go, you would go single instead. Yeah. So I was always glad I didn't have to do that. But, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that was the commitment that I think we made, mm -hmm. I made. So after those three years of voluntary service, um, uh, we came back to the U.S. and I entered seminary and Marietta was teaching at a public school. This was in Elkhart, Indiana. And uh, during that, that year, the mission board contacted us and asked us to apply for long-term mission service. And so we met the board in Chicago and uh, they approved us. And then they asked that uh, I go to Fuller Seminary School of World Mission. They wanted me to test out what was happening there in terms of church growth uh, theory and so forth. And uh, so the second year, we loaded our car and moved to Pasadena, California, and spent uh, two years there. Don't you love that when someone asks you to move from Indiana to Pasadena, California? <laughs> quite we a took everything in our car. Quite a burden. Yeah. We took everything in our car, too. Yeah. We didn't have a U-Haul. <laughs> and we didn't have air conditioning <laughs> across the desert. Um, you didn't need it once you got there, though. It's no, such a beautiful place. Right. Yeah. And uh, so 
I, I got a degree then called an MA, Master of Arts in Missions, yeah, and wrote a dissertation. And, and then uh, we headed back to Taiwan for our first term of service, yeah, and that was, let's see. July 1971. 71. With a six-month-old baby. With a six-month-old baby who was born in Pasadena. And uh, the first term was five years. We spent two years in full-time language study in the Taiwanese language. I'd studied Mandarin earlier, and then uh, we did full-time Taiwanese study because the church wanted us to be Taiwanese speakers because the church was primarily a Taiwanese-speaking church at that point. And so we did that and started, uh, while we were in language school, started working in the church already. And um, after about a year, preached my first sermon in Taiwanese and uh, on from there. And uh, after language, the two years of language school, the Taiwan church, the Mennonite church, it's officially called the Fellowship of Mennonite Churches in Taiwan. Um, uh, asked me then to do an internship under a Taiwanese pastor in the, the larger church in Taipei City. Our language study had been in, in Taichung, in central Taiwan. So we moved to Taipei and uh, uh, had the one-year internship. And uh, the pastor who was to mentor me, halfway through the internship, he left <laughs> and went to Japan. <laughs> and so it was me and the deacons who took over. So I really got in more into preaching and leading Bible studies and that kind of thing. And at the end of that year, the church asked that I be ordained. So they ordained me, and they sent us out together with a new, newly graduated couple from seminary to plant a new church in a, a new developing area of, of Taipei City. And so we did that. Um, Was there any trepidation or? Um, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, a very short. Fit, I mean, at least in your telling, you said so. We did that, but was there any? Did you want to plant a church? I mean, did you have hesitation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. did. It was it was a challenge, and uh, um, so let's see. That church, then uh, that was uh, seventy four, I believe, mm -hmm. nineteen seventy four. The church was was established. They had a huge opening ceremony where all the churches uh, in Taipei City came and choirs and uh, sermons and everything. And uh, so the church got underway. Uh, fortunately, we had a group of uh, church members from, from the church where I had interned okay. who had moved to that new area. Okay. And so they became core members, and that was a real bonus. Mm -hmm. And so after a year, we had 13 members. And then uh, 
the church uh, continued to grow after that. And um, so in, in uh, 76, we'd been there five years. I said, well, let's stay one more year. <laughs> I was going to ask how long the five-year term lasted, but yeah. go on. But uh, no, it was, it was time to, to take a home leave. And we got home in 76. Uh, two children had been born in Taiwan, our second daughter, and our son was only six months. Mm -hmm. Three months, actually, when we left. Three months when we left uh, Taiwan. And her mother was seriously ill, and she had not seen the grandchildren. So, um, none of our family had visited during that time, neither had we made any trips back. It was uh, the dark ages, you might say. Yeah, if there was anything important, it was done by uh, telegram or telephone, and you didn't want to get telephone calls. Telephone <laughs> was very expensive, you know, and air travel wasn't, wasn't easy or right. cheap, I assume. Yeah, yeah, we have a lot of airplane stories but <laughs> anyway we got home and and her mother held the baby and three weeks later she passed away hmm. I'm glad she had that opportunity at least yeah, yeah. so um, during that period the, the first term our mission board executives came to Taiwan and conducted what they called GPS goals, priorities, and strategy. And uh, led, the, led the church conference through a process of determining goals and priorities and how to, how to carry them out. And one of those goals was to plant um, 10 churches in the next 10 years. And... Uh, Five of those were planted within five years, actually. And another goal was to send a missionary and a Taiwanese pastor or leader for advanced theological studies with the purpose of returning to Taiwan and teaching Anabaptist history and theology for the church in Taiwan. And so I was chosen as the missionary and uh, the evangelist we worked with in planting the new church was chosen as the other one. And so when we came back in 76, we returned to Fuller Seminary and I finished my Master of Divinity and then three more years for the PhD in Missiology. So in 1980, we returned Taiwan and the church we planted said, We want you back. <laughs> 74, yeah. We want you back uh, as pastor. And so we said yes, but it may not be full time because I then began teaching at, at the Presbyterian Seminary. So I had one foot in the church and one foot in the seminary. Mm -hmm. So in 1984, when our, our term was up, and we were, I, we, I insisted that they find their own pastor. And to do that, we had to move to another city. 
Mm. So we wouldn't be close. Why were you insistent on that? Because the Taiwanese church should be pastored by Taiwanese. Mm. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's what you had anticipated in the first right, place. Exactly. But they just, they, they had it too easy. They were just, you know, not going to move. Right. So... So the church has grown to about 50, 60 members. And then, so just bef- before we left, we found a pastor, a new seminary graduate. And he came and he was accepted. And he's still there. Wow. <laughs> okay. He plans to retire next year. Forty At 40 years. Goodness. Yeah. yeah. And um, that's a good run. So like he's been there ever since. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so that's that story. Well, and the church is celebrating its 50th anniversary uh, this next year. Next year. It would be next year, September. September. Are you going to go? So. The, the church conference has invited us back for their 70th anniversary, which is in October. Okay. So... Lord willing, we, we plan to attend that. They pay for our airfare and lodging yeah, and things. Yeah, that's awesome. So. Lord, willing. Lord willing. Lord willing. And if the creek don't rise, <laughs> the creek being the Pacific Ocean. Um, <laughs> all right, so you left that church in that city, and, and where did you end up? Uh, then the next term, we ended up in Taichung, which is uh, the third largest city uh, on the west coast there, and um, I was teaching at two or three seminaries as adjunct and um, mentoring the new pastors who were graduating, and I was I was uh, termed um, what would you call it the regional. The sacrament preacher, because these the pastors uh, before they are ordained they cannot perform the communion and baptisms and so forth. Mm-hmm. So as these young guys, these young pastors, and and I was sort of their mentor, then I would go around as they needed help with. Uh, Communion services and baptisms and things like that. Okay. And then participated in their ordination, uh, performed their weddings. Mm-hmm. These are Taiwanese pastors? Yeah. Great. One of, one, of, uh, one of my students, well, two of them, they got married. And uh, so I performed, I performed uh, their wedding. And... Uh, they continued to pastor until this year they retired. And he was one of the best preachers. Mm. Mm. Not because of me, but that was his gifting. And actually, uh, when he was born, his parents gave him the name Preach the Word. Mm. So, uh, yeah. And his son now is the pastor of the church, of the last church this pastor had. Wow. That's so cool. So anyway. So that term, yeah, was was spent uh, more or less as an itinerant uh, 
mission pastor. And we had helped, also helped with planting of a, a couple new churches as well. Hmm. Um, and I imagine throughout this, just had a rich life and pretty deep roots in Taiwan and right. just kind of, I mean, this is a large chunk of your working oh, yeah. life or all yeah. of your working life. Yeah. Well, and those years in Taichung were very important for our children because they were going to uh, Morrison Christian Academy. Uh, and um, so, which, you know, they were involved in everything on campus. I always said they have the best of both worlds. They got a good education. Uh, but, um, you know, mingling with internationals and, and uh, Chinese people. And uh, so Taiwan, you know, has always been home to them in a sense. Uh, and of course, our son decided he was going to spend the, his life in Taiwan. So he's been back for 20 years with mm -hmm. his wife and family. So it definitely is home for him. Is he in missions or does he just... Uh, no, he's, he's uh, uh, chief financial flight. officer at the school that he graduated from, Morrison Christian Academy. Oh, wow. And his his wife is uh, working there in administration, and kids doing all kinds of things, uh, mission trips, and uh, swim meets in Philippines, and uh, I mean you can't beat it. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I I also had uh, women's Bible studies again, neighbors, uh, or sometimes taught English in the church. Uh, if the church wanted an outreach, uh, did uh, about five, five, five and a half years of part-time teaching Bible at um, at the school for they had a ninth grade Bible course, introduced a introduction to Bible curriculum. Uh, anyway, so it gave it gave me very many opportunities as well. So, but that was a really for our family that was a very rich part of our life. Mm. And the amazing thing in Taiwan is the public schools ask the churches to come in and teach moral education uh, to the students. And uh, for a period of time, we, Marietta was the main teacher, we went to a, a junior high school and held English classes using the Bible in the public school. Well, this was on a Saturday, and it yeah. really it really had been arranged. It had been arranged by one of the pastors, right. who I think was part of the PTA or something like that. So what I did was work out just daily activities like, uh, okay, weddings, and then we would teach the story of the the miracle at Cana, or uh, hospitality, Martha and Mary. Uh, so I fit, fitted in with some daily life uh, English practices and wrote out vocabulary and everything. And then we did always did an activity, you know, finding the lost sheep, having them find around the room and this kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, but it was a it was a real. Yeah, cool um, you don't know what any of those things will mean, you know, is yeah. later on this kid gets into university He's introduced to a Bible study, you know. We just never know what those little things meant, meant. And so, yeah, whatever we had opportunity, we, whatever your hands 
get to do, yeah. do it. When we look back, when I look back, it's, I, I don't, I don't see how I did everything I did because not only was I involved in, in church and seminary, um, I uh, belonged to the what was called the Church Girl Society. I was uh, uh, an, a main editor for the Taiwan Mission Quarterly, a quarterly periodical, and um, was served on the board of Mennonite Christian Hospital, was the chair of the mission, um, going to meetings a lot, and so, but you were. But I was younger, so you were younger. But you were also you were also using the gifts that mm-hmm. that you were given. I mean, not not everybody would have been able to do that kind of administration or editing or whatever. So, uh, yeah. But uh, Taiwan and, Ta- and Taiwan sermon preparation took took time. Took although time. although many people said. Uh, you know, if they heard him on the phone, they couldn't tell if he was Taiwanese or well, local. So, well, you're just listen. Just okay. We better stop. No, I was gonna say you're just. You might have to accept that you're an exceptional person because I'm. I'm young still, and I couldn't do a quarter of the things you did during that time. So, anyway. and my Taiwanese is barely passable. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, our last term then under the church. Um, my goal was to establish a theological education program for the whole church, not only at the seminary level, but at the local church level in, in teaching and training and discipleship. And, um, so that, that was my goal, but our last term, the, the, the church conference said, uh, oh, this church doesn't have a pastor. You go there. So we spent two years at a church in uh, Shinden, a, a suburb of Taipei, and the church was made up primarily of young people. Mm-hmm. And so... And first-generation Christians. First-generation Christians, and... Uh, we had some traumatic experiences with some of them, and uh, I ended up performing <laughs> another two weddings. Um, that wasn't the traumatic experience, no, I assume. No, no. <laughs> yeah. So it was. It was good. We had we had a good relationship there. Good. And that was another thing where, you know, the spirit led, and we had to follow. And uh, I was more willing to go than Sheldon was, but I said, we have to go. And uh, it turned out to be, I think, or probably one of Monroe's fruitful times. So that was uh, ended in 97, and the um, mission, our mission agency in the States asked me to come back and serve as the um, director for East Asia. So I was director for East Asia, so I spent six years at the home office in Kansas. Uh, We petitioned the mission agency that we move the East Asia office back to East Asia. So we left 
the States in 2003 went back to Taiwan for another six years. And that's in the mission. Uh, East Asia office was there, and I traveled all around the region in, in my role. I traveled with Sheldon when I could. Uh, I was uh, very convinced that uh, to relate to missionaries in Taiwan or in Asia, we had to live in Asia. We knew what they were experiencing. If you're sitting in a house in Newton, Kansas, with you know the lawns all manicured and everything, um, you you uh, just put plop into some place and you you don't have the mind frame, you don't have the mindset of living in Asia. So I think missionaries found that helpful that we were willing to move back to Asia and. Uh, so I also, uh, after a year or two of groping for a while, uh, uh, had a part-time, took the part-time position of prayer network facilitator for our mission, which was sending out monthly materials, uh, sending out prayer requests like our prayer chain here at the church, uh, updating as we, as we got answers to prayer. And uh, that was also a very... Uh, rewarding, appreciated ministry. And then, for me, it was very important when he was working in East Asia to also somehow be involved. Yeah. And that's hard. It's hard for couples, especially in this, in this society, everybody has their own field, whether, you know, uh, if the husband is in ministry, the wife still has her own job and so on. But when you've been working for as a team mm -hmm. for all your life, mm -hmm. why, uh, you know, it's, there's some sometimes that takes some times of adjustment challenge. And speaking of adjustment, um, so you've been back, uh, not back, I guess, because Taiwan is home. You've been living here now in Harrisburg for 11 years, mm -hmm. plus years. What is it like having invested so much of yourselves and your lives in Taiwan to now be retired and, and to call this, you know, call Harrisburg home? Um, how's that transition been? What's been good? What's been a challenge? How much do you miss Taiwan, I guess? I would say I think we both felt it was time uh, to leave Taiwan. Uh, I know that's, first of all, we had reached retirement age. Yeah. Then we went back for another two years and worked as the general secretary with the, with the, with the church. And, um, and those were rewarding years because we were close to our grandchildren. Uh, and, um, for one thing, the church was changing into Mandarin speaking, even though it was started out as Taiwanese. And so um, that was making it more difficult, uh, even for Sheldon. Sheldon wasn't preaching in Mandarin, and I had not studied Mandarin. And um, yeah, and I think uh, we had he'd come to the end of our the 12 year of being the regional uh, director and, you know, many rewarding experiences. I mean, that was, yeah, a very rich time. 
even though it was very tiring and traveling, but to, to see these missionaries in their fields, Mongolia, uh, places like Vietnam, Laos. Thailand. Thailand, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think it was, and the fact that we had been, because of coming back from meetings, we had been going back and forth. So it wasn't like we were one day in Taiwan and the next day here. And, um, yeah. By way of closing, and I almost feel like we should do a whole other chapter on, you know, the last decade and, and quote unquote retired life, which usually is not what it sounds like. But uh, by way of closing out this part of your story, um, would there be any reflection that you'd want to offer um, as you think about your own life and the story and what you would want to draw out of it for others? Well, I would say that mission never ends, regardless of where you are. Uh, you're still involved, maybe not at the same level, um, but you're, you're, you continue that, that life's calling to be involved in mission wherever you are. And so uh, that's what we've aimed, aimed to do in retirement as well, as long as we're able. Yeah, yeah I, would, I would agree with that. I think we also have to realize um, we can't do everything. Sometimes when I hear all the calls for volunteers, you know, all these um, uh, outreach things, I think, should I be doing all of these things and realize that, you know, no, I, I don't think. I think there's a season for everything, and uh, I think we feel comfortable in the season that we're in right now. And um, so, uh, but trying always to be alert to the Spirit's guidance and movement. And uh, so uh, just thank God for each day and uh, what it offers to us. So live with gratitude. Huh? Yeah. That's good. Thank you. Thank you.